So today's episode is a bit different. It's a story I produced a couple years ago, and I thought it would be a nice break from the heavier episodes I've put out. This episode is far less serious than the past few, but it's a bit more personal. It's a story about my family and our troubles involving babysitters. So I'm a twin, and my sister's name is Susan, and we're the youngest of five kids. We have two older brothers, Ben and John, and one older sister, Sarah. And we all grew up in a household that constantly teetered between chaos and wonder. My parents honestly just had this appreciation for our wildness. They'd gotten really good at maintaining control, but also letting us push some boundaries. So most of the time, our play was harmless, but mischievous. But that line between chaos and wonder, it's a fine one. And frequently, when our parents were away, they would hire a cousin or neighbor to babysit us. And frequently, when we had a sitter, our play became unplayful. Experimentation became destruction. And pranks no longer resembled friendly fun. Really, these were the times that we were exploring our morality and building an understanding of what is right, but more significantly wrong. So I wanted to share with you some of my favorite stories during these times. And I made this collection of my family's babysitting horror stories. So enjoy. Here's my family. Uh, you talk about adventures and babysitting. Whenever we went out, it was always really debatable whether the going out would give us the restorative we really needed. Oh my gosh. You're just terrible to those babysitters. Oh my gosh. Because of what could potentially happen. I was a terror. I was a terror. It started with us locking her out of the house. I don't know. I was probably seven. Lou, dad's cousin, <laughs> she came for a long weekend to watch us. So we locked her out of the house and we're, ah, you know, and now she's going crazy, eating candy and like <laughs> drinking mom, just like doing whatever we wanted. And like she's looking in the windows, kind of panicking. So she's like, Trying to like negotiate with us through the window, like, give me one option to get in, you know? It's like, okay. It was one of the little crank windows above the sink in the kitchen. So I open this little window and I crank it open a little bit. So it's just open like maybe a foot to a foot and a half. So she's like, gets stuff in the yard and stacks it up and gets up there and she's like crawling in this window. And she's completely wedged. And I just go over it. And I turn the sink on, I get the sprayer, and I just start hosing her down. <laughs> and she couldn't do anything. She couldn't jump back out because it's like six feet to brick. And then she just had to take it like, ah, ah, you know, freaking out. So then she finally gets in. We have dinner. After dinner, that same night, we decided to wrestle. And this is when we took it a little bit too far. We're wrestling her, and we take her down, and we have her pinned on the floor, like <laughs> spread eagle, like her legs are spread, her arms are spread, and she's just pinned down. And I come running out from the, <laughs> I came running out from the back room, pulled down my pants, and sat on her face naked. <laughs> 
and she she got pissed. <laughs> that was one that definitely got reported. Right when I did it, I was like, "Oh my god!" I crossed the line. I crossed the line. I mean, she had so much rage. She just threw all the kids out. She was like, she was violated, and she was pissed. And she told mom and dad about that one, like. So Ben came out and pulled out his hands, sat on my face naked, you know, like, so I got in trouble for that one. As an adult, neither sugar nor caffeine have much of an effect on me. But my family quickly reminds me that as a young child, this was not the case. You were really funny because you were highly sensitive to sugar. Anytime you got sugar in your system, you would just go off. You would just, your energy would just amp up and you'd go crazy. crazy. By the age of three, I had built a reputation among my siblings. They knew what happened when I ingested loads of candy or soda, so they quickly employed these substances to persuade me to enact terror on the household. My poor parents would generally be the victims of these sugar-soaked tirades, but every so often, the target would be placed on our babysitters. One fateful night, at the prime age of three years old... I mean, (laughs) probably still in diapers. My parents went out to dinner with one of our neighbors and asked their daughter to babysit us. Mom has a real intuitive streak. She, we would be out to dinner, and she would know when stuff started to not go well at home. And all of a sudden, in the middle of dinner, she'd go, uh-oh, something's not right. We really got to go. And the parents consoled us and said, everything's fine. Our daughter's a really good babysitter. And so we tried to stay a little longer, and then Mom goes, nope, we got to go. The bait, brownies and Pepsi. The task, egg the babysitter. I was standing in the kitchen with my oldest brother, Ben, 10 at the time, who while sneaking me more Pepsi and brownies, explained that all I needed to do was throw the eggs hard and run. You see, I had already been on a caffeine-crazed rampage, and the babysitter, in an attempt to settle down the house, deserted me, took my sisters Susan and Sarah to their room, and hoped that without their attention I'd settle down. What she didn't realize was the real culprit of my bad behavior, my brother. I gobbled down the last bits of brownie and washed it down with another cup of Pepsi, then retrieved a few eggs out of the refrigerator. I snuck up the stairs, my brother snickering at the bottom, and saw our poor babysitter kneeled over Susan's bed, telling my sisters a story. My body was trembling, the sugar pulsing through my veins, and my senses were alert. I felt the stiff carpet under my bare feet, heard my brother's hushed laughter below me, and felt the weight and chill of the eggs resting in both my hands. I should have been in bed by now, too, waiting for our babysitter to finish tucking Susan and Sarah in, and then doing the same for me. But I had to do this. 
My brother wanted me to. And at three years old, my older siblings were my gods, my heroes, and what they said ruled. So now I was here, staring down the hallway at my target. It's hard to recall precisely what happened after a disaster. The memories held are of the damage done. The debris after a hurricane, the ash after a fire, the broken concrete and glass after an earthquake. My family can remember splattered eggshells and yolk, Pepsi stains, brownie crumbs, tears, rage, and sweat. I succeeded in my brother's dare. I egged the babysitter. But once the first egg left my hand, splattering across her back, no one would have guessed I'd run from her, throwing eggs as I fled, then grab the open bottle of Pepsi, still in full sprint, and spray it all over the walls. My siblings were horrified. The babysitter was traumatized. And I was still pulsing with adrenaline and sugar. And then the other thing I remember is um, mom coming home. And you kids <laughs> knew when you heard us come in, you were nowhere to be found. It was, she was pissed. You could hear a pin drop. You could hear a pin drop, and yet the house was destroyed. Mom and dad walked in, the house was trashed. And you guys were just pale and just stood there. The babysitter's crying, and mom walked in. And, and all like, I could do is say, I am going out for a walk right now. When I come back, this house had better be completely cleaned up. <laughs> Was it? Yeah. yeah. Except the wallpaper. We had to strip it all, and we ended up painting the walls instead of wallpaper. <laughs> so that was a pretty major job that came out of that. As a kid, the gravity of your mischief has no meaning until reflected in the face of your parents. I wasn't punished for destroying the house, because I didn't need to be. Seeing the distress on my parents' face was all the punishment I needed. We cleaned the eggs and brownies up from off the floor in silence. The wallpaper was stripped and painted over later that week, and I finally went to bed, promising myself never to piss my parents off that bad again. with babysitting your cousin came over to babysit i don't know what got into her i don't know if it was just our house that made people just do this stuff or what but you and susan and sarah were all in bed well she and john and kate was like in high school maybe or even in college (laughs) got totally into this thing too they created a game where they filled those big 32-ounce plastic cups from, like, the fast food places with water. I think Ben had done a science experiment with a bucket at school that day where you put water in a bucket with a handle and you swing it around. Oh, yeah, the centrifugal force. Yeah. So they were experimenting with centrifugal force and were seeing if they could run to the couch in the family room, do a flip with the cup and land without the water spilling. 
Well, they couldn't do it. And this is now Kate is like, you know, level-headed Kate and really smart is like in the midst of this, totally laughing in it, the whole bit. And all of a sudden we come home and I think it just dawned on her at that moment, like, oh my God, oh my God. So we were like, what's going on? And then they kind of like, Haha. well, we pulled the, the cushions off the couch. They were heavy, sopping wet. The whole couch was flooded. The water had drained down through the couch, and there was a a black lining on the bottom, so that lining then dripped the ink from the lining all over the carpet. Then we go down into the basement. It was, like, flooded with water. (laughs) And we are like, how many glasses did you guys do? A hundred. So, so that's their lessons on centrifugal force. Well, and it wasn't that the kids were, it wasn't that they were being like bad or bad, whatever. Bad, it, bad, you guys bad, have always bad. had such a curiosity. You loved adventure. You loved wonder, exploratory, spontaneity, and and we, it was just like, it was unharnessed and so raw. And we loved that about you. We didn't want to harness it too much because I think those are amazing qualities to have. But at the same time, it's like wonderment and your creativity. Like, are you kidding me? (laughs) Like, did you really just do that? Well, this episode was produced by me, Mark Anderson, with help from Wendy Call and Otto Mahler. And a big thanks to my family, Ben, John, Sarah, Susan, my mom, Kristen, and my dad, Jim. You all are the best. And thanks for sitting down and recording some of these stories. And mom, I know you had your reservations about these being broadcasted. So if you're out there listening and you want to tell my mom how much you loved hearing these, leave a comment or a review in iTunes and I'll make sure to show her. Also, I've put a little bonus story on our website, thesmallestbone.com, and it's a story I recorded during this time that's a family story, and it fits in really well with these stories, but it isn't quite a babysitting story. So if you want to hear that, just visit the website, it's thesmallestbone.com. And don't forget to follow The Smallest Bone on Facebook, Twitter, and SoundCloud. Subscribe on iTunes and Stitcher, and of course let me know what you thought about the show. And really the best way to let me know is just leaving a review or a comment on iTunes. I really appreciate it and it helps the show out a lot. So thanks for listening and until next time, you've been listening to The Smallest Bone. <laughs>